computer got you all kamboozled? It's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott. Yep. AM Tampa Bay here's the Harris. Here's the guy that knows it, Daniel James Scott at sparkcatalyst.com. And you're going to mention, talk about here, our chat bots being used in the courtroom. What's that all about? Yeah, this is um, this is brand new. There was a company, if you're familiar with it, it's called Do Not Pay. So if like you get like a parking ticket or a speeding ticket, they tend to fill out the paperwork and fight that for you and appeal it. Uh, but they were going to try to go in the court. So a guy was going to wear, actually the founder of the company was going to wear these glasses with, um, you know, uh, to be able to hear what the, the, the chatbot was coming up with and was going to fight a speeding ticket. <laughs> and it turns out the bar association in several states threatened to throw him in jail over doing over this. So I guess bot. it's not going to happen. But in terms of preparing for the case, they still use the chatbot to be able to do that. And I think there's something pretty special about that. The Atlantic had a really great piece about this saying what it's going to create is more efficiency, more consistency, and more accuracy around representation. And I will tell you, if I'm ever in court... I don't want to rely on one attorney or even one team of attorneys. If I could have access to the entire world of legal knowledge, I'm going to get everything I can possibly get. So how exactly does it work? So it's it's um, it really just takes care of more of the administrative aspects, their, their platform. But what they were going to do is actually pipe in the information that it was coming up with live in court. Like defending the person? Uh, yeah. Well, so that's where, the, that's where the rub is, James. So you can't actually have a robot represent you. You can represent yourself or you can have an attorney. And so that's where the rub was. So um, I'm winking pretty hard right now. But they're saying they're not going to go through with it, quote unquote. So we'll see if they actually do go through with this and if it works out or not. And then also in Colombia, we have a judge who did a chat GPT search on his case and then published the results as part of the the findings in the case. And so I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that as well. I will tell you that side of it scares me a lot um, <laughs> because now I can just reinforce a bias relatively quickly. So if the judge is going, oh, that guy's guilty, absolutely, they can find anything in the world to be able to throw at this as precedent. And that's that's not maybe the best thing for probably um, not defending yourself. Hey, one other thing I want to bring up here, and I just read about it, but Amazon odd, owned autonomous vehicles it goes on about that but the robo taxis on public roads in california uh they're being tested with passengers on board uh, vehicles don't have a steering wheel or pedals or crazy anything like that and they have bi-directional driving capabilities and four-wheel steering which enables them to change directions without having to reverse or anything like that. I mean, these things are bizarre. So Amazon spent a billion plus dollars getting into this space. So it's really interesting. Wow. We were looking at a picture of this 
in the in the break, and it, it it looks as James said like a subway car. It does. So you can kind of sit on either side of this thing, and big four big wheels. Now I did not, I was not aware that there was no steering wheel or no mechanism for mm-hmm. these Amazon employees that are testing this to be able to stop if anything yeah, happens. Yeah, they can't do anything with it. I mean, they're in there, and that's it. So it must be out. in a very small radius. That's the only thing I can think of because I wouldn't want to go on the highway with this and not have any mechanism for being able to control my environment. Well, I wonder going on a highway if you can get it up to 60 miles an hour or 65, 70. And And maybe it won't go on the highway, though. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't. Well, I guess if you're just like piddling around San Francisco, you wouldn't really need to go on the highway. Autonomous vehicles around like uh, the Dolly Museum. I remember seeing those in St. Pete. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Completely driverless. Just for taxiing or yeah. just to get people from I the guess trolley? It goes on a loop around a cycle and stops when it knows there's people waiting. That is incredible. I love that that, that is in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And right. it's not a test. There is, there's actual passengers right. in there. I hadn't heard about that. We are but... ground zero. We've talked about that before, Jack. Yeah, but, we are um, that. <laughs> but I can't, yeah, I can't wait for these things to happen. Jack uh, likes driving, so he doesn't want to give up the wheel. <laughs> Well, Daniel James Scott at SparkCatalyst.com. you got to check it out online, SparkCatalyst.com, or on Twitter, at SparkCatalyst. And, Daniel, we'll see you next week. Sounds great. Thank you. Hey, thank you. It's 6.50 and time to check in with John Thomas on non-automated vehicles out there that's got people driving them.